Before we jump into this episode of the podcast, I want to go ahead and read one of your reviews from iTunes. I want to say thank you to Lady Coco. She wrote, thanks, Mr. B, for your continued support to indie artists worldwide. You've gone above and beyond the call. All of my expectations have been met listening to your many podcast episodes. They are both informative and packed with practical solutions for today's indie musicians. I find myself listening and listening over and over again. We sincerely appreciate your hard work and straightforward expert knowledge about the music biz. No BS here. I can't wait until the next episode. Thank you uh, once again, Lady Coco. And if you would like to be featured on an episode of the podcast, all you have to do is head over to iTunes and leave a review. Today, we're going to talk about digital marketing, record labels, radio promotion, and playlisting. Stick around. Right now is the best time ever to be in the music industry. The opportunities to build, engage, and monetize a fan base has never been easier. So why do so many artists still feel stuck and frustrated? Because the music industry is constantly evolving, and they aren't. I created this podcast as a way to help you navigate the music industry, to stay up to date with the changes, to help get your mind focused on what really matters. My name is Rick Barker, and I went from living homeless on the streets, addicted to drugs, to helping launch one of the biggest stars in the world. I've consulted major labels like Sony and Big Machine Records, talent TV shows like American Idol and The Launch. I co-authored the $150,000 music degree, and I speak at music conferences all over the world. I have a goal to affect millions of people with songs I didn't write or perform by helping creatives just like you get your content to the world. This podcast is one of my ways to achieve that. Welcome to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. So today on the podcast, I am excited to chat with someone that I finally got to meet in person. We both spoke at an event in Toronto recently, and uh, Sarah uh, Fransic, am I pronouncing it correctly? Yeah, that, that's actually pretty good. Fransic, yeah. Fransic, okay. So Sarah Fransic uh, and I have been following each other on socials for a little while, and uh, I was impressed when whenever they have a playlist expert or somebody who can speak on Spotify and playlisting, I'm always drawn to that. But after we had a chance to talk and I was able to discover more, you're much more than just the Spotify person. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself, about your background. And then I have some specific topics that I want your insight and expertise on when it comes to how to properly approach these people. Because with the great tools that are out there now, like the Indie Spotify Bible and ways that you can get direct access to contact people directly. I want to hear from the pro how you're doing it. So tell everyone a little bit about Sarah first. Yeah. So I guess going all the way back, um, back to my younger days, I, um, I wanted to follow the, the artist's route. And when I started diving more into the, the marketing side and even the management side, I realized like, no, 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 I, I want to go into into the marketing side of things. The, the, I, I, had, I was building a passion more for how to build yourself as an artist, how to market yourself. Like what, and this was back before you know, Instagram and back before all of this, uh, all of these digital marketing uh, you know, opportunities and you know, things just right at our fingertips were available. So, um, so I started 
uh, following uh, kind of a, an artist management path. So working with artists, developing marketing plans. Uh, I actually went to the UK to a school called uh, Lipa and did a music management program there, which was- Oh, wow. Great. Yeah, that was an awesome experience. Um, and then came back to Toronto, cause from Canada originally, came back to Toronto and started actually working for a radio promotion company, which was slightly different than I, uh then a different industry than i thought i would kind of end up in um right after um university so that was probably one of the most amazing experiences i could ever uh, you know get just because radio is such uh, such a complicated such a competitive industry sure um, and i realized that all the work that i was doing with artists regarding you know social media and you know, even a little bit of advertising at that point, playlisting wasn't really in the picture when I was first starting off. Um, but uh, I realized that all of that work is so important leading up towards radio to actually you know, start building audiences and, and showing radio, like I know exactly who my audience is. These are, you know, these are the markets where I'm getting the most action, the most play. Right. Um, you know, that's you bring value to the radio station. It's like yeah. some people forget you always have to focus on your end consumer. So if your end consumer is the radio programmer, and trust me, my background is also in radio. It was in radio, then radio promotion. Yeah. Is you develop thick skin. You really understand that just showing up with a good song isn't good enough anymore. There needs to be a story. They need to, because every time you ask them, hey, play me on your radio station for mm -hmm. this three and a half minutes, you're asking them to not play someone else that their audience is already familiar with. So exactly. that's where you have to bring a story, you have to bring value. And I think that's what's great that you're talking about right now. It's, it's all that work that goes in on the front end that people get tired of and people feel is monotonous and boring. That could be the difference on whether you get even the ability to play in a conference room, much less added to their playlist. It's like, mm -hmm. if it, look like have anything going on they're not going to give you their time they're going to politely depending on the relationship that your promoter has they'll take the meeting they'll say hello they'll meet you shake your hand but they're not going to give you much more if you don't have that story so i'm glad yeah. that you brought that up continue yeah no it's such a good point because i still help artists with the radio promotion and tracking to this day like to i i am working with artists on that at the moment and it's amazing how radio has evolved as well, because even a couple of years ago, radio was like, eh, we're not that interested in you know, streams and understanding what's going on on Spotify and Apple Music. You don't need to tell us that. And now they it's They didn't like, know what they didn't know, boy. Exactly. <laughs> and, and it's really interesting because now they even slightly consider them competition in a way. Um, so it's so interesting, however, like two or three years, it's gone from, nah, we don't really care. They're just a little fly on the, you know, on, on the wall to now it's, yeah, show us numbers. And also, um, it's, it's this competitive, you know, competitiveness and that edge that radio knows that things are changing and they have yep. to do something to, um, to keep relevant and, and, you know, modernize themselves. So anyway, so that's. That perspective is very interesting. That's what got me. Well, and it's almost too like, they're almost going the easy route saying, hey, go get yourself started over here in this streaming world, build up some familiarity because that's what radio is, guys. The reason that they play the same 20 songs or the same 30 songs is yeah. they don't want people to switch the station. 
And in most cases, people, if they hear something they don't recognize, they're going to change the station. So if you can familiarize it with these other tools that are free, that are available to you, it's to your benefit to try to build your story at radio is very hard because mm -hmm. if, if Sarah has a relationship, I have a relationship and they go, you know what? We like you, Sarah. We like you, Rick. We'll go ahead and add your artist to our playlist. You're going to get played one time in the middle of the night, sometime between midnight and six and light rotation. Mm -hmm. A lot of those stations don't have jocks in the middle of the night. So your, your name is never told. They just happen to have music being heard. And unless yeah. your audience are donut shop workers, stock grocery stores, crackheads, you know, Uber drivers, you're not going to get to the audience that you want to get to. So when you can bring a story and bring some familiarity and bring some proof, that is a whole different conversation that mm -hmm. Sarah can have, that I can have at that point. So I'm loving that we're able to teach from your backstory. So you leave the radio promotion side. It was a great experience for you. Learned a lot of things. What came next? What came next was starting my own business, and that's where I'm at now. Um, so it's been about a year where I've had my my business where I, uh, I I still work a little bit on the the radio promotion side with some artists, just because I feel like it's um, it's still relevant for some artists, not all artists, but you know for some it, it's a it's a good idea to keep, start developing those relationships or keep maintaining those relationships. Sure. Um, but. Now I exclusively, exclusively focus on the digital marketing, the advertising and playlisting yep. because those are kind of the three pillars that can really make an artist's career. Like just make it, make it bloom, make it grow to the point where you'll get on radio one day. Cause right. I see a lot of artists saying, I want to go on radio. Like, how do I get on radio? And I go, no, 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 hold on, hold on. You have these three pieces that you're missing that you have, that you haven't, just like really discovered or haven't been uh, growing. So that's what I work primarily with. A lot of, and, and this is the part that sucks for us is because for, for whatever reason, validation, getting on the radio was the ultimate validation. You've yes. made it the top of the, I mean, there's so many people that were on the radio last month that we'll never hear from again. There's so many people on the radio from last year that we didn't hear from again because they didn't put these other pieces into place. When I do my live webinar training, are you ready for a manager? I put a word of warning at the very beginning. I said, look, if you're looking for fame, I'm the wrong dude. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, there's, there's no structure for that. There's no cookie cutter model for that. There's no blueprint for fame. A lot of people are famous for the wrong reason. So I really try to keep people focused on the prize. In my opinion, should be getting your music heard by as many people as possible. And with the three different strategies that you just mentioned in your business, you have ways to do that. So let's break down first digital marketing. What does digital marketing mean to you? And what are some effective uh, strategies that you've been able to do with your clients that you can tell others to go out and try on their own? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, there's, there's a few pieces to that. So really what I focus on with my clients is uh, their, their content strategy and how they're delivering value through their content because um, there are so many musicians out there. There's so much music out there. Something like, uh, I don't know, a 400 or, you know, a few thousand new singles out each, each uh, Friday on Spotify. It, it's just an amazing amount of music that comes out each week. So how do you differentiate yourself? How do you stand out? And it's really about understanding the content that you're providing, the content value, 
Um, so really there, there are about five different areas of, of value you can provide to your audience. Um, those areas I usually find that, that work the best for artists are, you know, behind the scenes content. Uh, there's maybe some education piece behind it. Uh, there's possibly inspiration or, um, or even some kind of entertainment. So there's humor behind it or something yep. that's driving them to, to get really excited about what you're showing them in that content. Uh, and then community. So how are you possibly building community? And so those are five kind of general areas where I find you can create some good value for your, your listeners and your, your, you know, and, and the people that are listening to you and, and even, you know, just, just wanting to get to know you and engaging with you. Right. Um, so, so focus on those those five uh, opportunities to provide value. And then also, so, so you, that you're kind of leveraging your music and you're provide you're taking people through, um, you know, a, a funnel, so to speak, where you're kind of bringing them some, some content, some valuable content, and then you're taking them through the funnel to, in the relationship and you're building to the point where, you know, they are really excited about their music. They want to hear more. They want to go to playlisting services. They've, they've, they've been kind of immersed in this experience that you're providing on social. Sure. Take them on a journey. It's like, just don't show mm -hmm. up with your child and say, Hey, here's my new kid. You know, it's like, no, let us know who's the daddy. Let us know the journey. It's like, I use that analogy. I said, you guys are all about to birth children. Your songs are your children. Tell us the story. Tell us the journey. Show us that you were sick. Show us what you're preparing for the birth of this child. It's like, let people come along on the journey. Too often we just show up with some stranger and say, Hey, like our, like our kid, you know, share our kid, tell all your friends about our kid. And the yeah. consumer's like, dude, I don't even know your kid. You know, I know nothing about you, the parent. I don't know anything about the parent. I don't know anything about the child, but you want me to stop my day in my yeah. tracks on my socials and share it just because you asked me to do it. And I think yeah. if you can go, and take them on this journey. It's going to bring so much more value to what it is that's happening at the end. Because as you guys mm -hmm. have seen, uh, the greatest thing about the internet is that there's billions of people that you have access to. The nastiness about the internet is that there's billions of people that you're competing with. It's like, it's a very crowded, very noisy space. What's going to make you stick out? So that's the first part, the digital marketing. What was number two? Mm -hmm. Then we're looking at uh, advertising. Yep. So, you know, how do you take what you built on your content strategy and, you know, your engagement with fans through that content? How do you start building, uh, you know, an, an advertising strategy to target those fans? Like find, find your audience and also know how to retarget them and find an audience that looks just like that audience that you've been uh, targeting and, and, you know, really growing and building well with. So uh, that like advertising is such um, a great opportunity for artists to take advantage of that, that few actually take advantage of and few actually know how to take advantage of. So and it's very inexpensive right now and yeah. take advantage of it before it gets very expensive. When people stop buying Super Bowl ads and show up on Facebook, you're now going to be competing against the biggest companies in the world. Every mm -hmm. successful business must advertise. Every successful business must market. The key yes. is getting into the conversation where your person's at, showing them what it is that you need. She talked a lot about, you know, lookalike audiences and retargeting and things like that. Mm -hmm. If you can't figure that out yourself or you're just like, dude, all I want to do is create, then that's where you need to reach out to someone like Sarah, where that's what it is that they do. But you can keep your brand top of mind for pennies, especially mm -hmm. with video views 
And then yeah. they can go in and figure out the right audiences to go show your stuff to mm -hmm. at a later date. So we've talked about digital marketing, talked a little bit about advertising. I suggest all of you go to YouTube and go, how to do a Facebook ad, yeah. how to do a Facebook retargeting ad. And then once you sit there and go, holy crap, I don't want to get into this. Then you go to the link in the show notes here and you reach out to Sarah and go, help, because there are people that can do it for you. There are easy ways. You know, I teach these easy ways on how to boost a post with Mm -hmm. teach you guys how to build a custom audience but when you want to really use the advertising uh, platform to a whole nother level you're going to need help doing that or you're going to need to go out and get yourself educated on that mm -hmm. uh, I'm right now for those of you that are listening I'm holding up my certificate of achievement as a certified Facebook marketer that I got with blitz metrics I don't have a high school diploma but by golly I know how to find people on Facebook it was the best $7,500 I spent because now I know even though I have a team that's helping me run my ads, I know things to follow up on. I know how to go in and make sure that the conversion pixel was set up properly and things like that. I think all of you need to have a basic understanding of what's going on in your business so that the person that you're dealing with, you can also keep them on point. And it will help you create better content when you give, when you know the tools that you're ad person needs to be effective, the more you know about the strategy, the better it is that you're going to be able to create content. So we've got the digital marketing, we've got the ad side, and then what's the third one? Playlist. Playlisting. Yes. Yes. The, the, um, kind of the dark world, the, it's very, it's, it, it's kind of difficult to explain, uh, you know, best practices for, for playlisting, you know, just in a few minutes because there's so much that can go into it and there's so many moving pieces. There, there are different opportunities. Things are always changing. But, yes. um, but one thing that I tell artists right off the bat is with playlisting, don't rely on playlisting campaigns or third-party companies to do the work for you uh, because I feel like there's this, stigma out there that you just need to hire a playlisting campaign and everything will be cool. And uh, it depends because you can go to someone like playlist push and you know, they'll, they'll do a great job for you. If you have that type of budget, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. when you're, when you're hiring a company to do the playlisting campaign for you, basically what you're hiring are the built in relationships that they already have yeah. the coaching that they're going to tell you, this is not the right playlist for your style of music just because you like it and it's got big followers. It doesn't make yeah. sense. And they're able to help speed up your process. None of them can guarantee you placement on editorial playlists. So if anyone's trying to get you to buy their services to get you on Spotify editorial playlist, that is the sign of a scam at that yeah. point because Spotify editorial uh, curators do not take money. They give you the opportunity when you upload the CD baby to check a box, to submit to a couple different playlists and things like that. So, mm -hmm. so what Sarah and I are talking about right now is the non, well, let's start, let's talk about the non-editorial playlist, which is actually where all of you should be starting. Mm -hmm. All of you should be starting where you're at. Go get some relevance with a thousand subscriber playlist and then a 10,000 subscriber playlist. Yes, all of you hip hop artists want on rap caviar. That's <laughs> not going to happen and probably not the best place for you in the very beginning. So how would you approach reaching out to these playlists that you've identified that they're mood specific to your music, mm -hmm. they're pretty much genre specific to your music and your music, 
you've had some time researching, listening, going, wow, my stuff would really fit in well with this. What's the next step once you've identified the proper playlist using those, those tactics that I just explained? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you've, when you basically found, uh, you know, your, your target, um, I call them affiliate artists. So you've created a list of your affiliate artists, artists that you feel are similar to you, um, just in terms of genre or may, or maybe even mood or style. Uh, and then you've done your research and you've put together a list of, uh, potential, uh, playlists, user-generated playlists, uh, that you can target. Then it's, it's just about creating those relationships and developing those relationships with first the- stage in the relationship. Let's talk yeah. about that. Because a lot of people are going to go in and try to score on the first date. They're going to go in for that open mouth kiss. And that's exactly the wrong thing to do. So Sarah's sitting down. She's identified that Rick has this playlist that would be perfect for her artist. Describe to me the conversation, the first date that you're going to have. Now, in the notes, guys, go to IndieSpotifyBible.com slash MIB and get access to over 3,000 curator listing, some really cool resources and tools from Indie Spotify Bible by using slash MIB. It'll save you 25 bucks. So assuming now that you have the contact information, you've done your research, what is that first email look like or Instagram direct message coming from you? Guys, write this down. Go ahead and start recording this. over Because this is what she does for a living and she's giving you this information right now. So Hey, Rick Barker, I love your playlist. We'll start there. No, go ahead. <laughs> cool. Um, key things, just keep it simple. Keep it short. Keep it simple. Don't try and, you know, get flowery, get flowery language and create a long email. They don't have time to read a long email. So basically, all you want to do is say, hey, reaching out, um, really been enjoying your playlist. I noticed there's a few artists that, uh, you know, I feel uh, you know, similar to my mood or my genre. And I, you know, really think that this single that I'm releasing, maybe whenever it is, or just released it, I think it could be a great addition. Would love for you to take a listen and let me know what you think. That's it. That's all you need to do. And you can always follow up later on, um, follow up maybe two or three times, depending on, you know, if if you're, if you're not hearing anything back, you can do a couple of those follow-ups, but, but just nurturing it and just being just, yeah, just being, uh, cool about it. There's, there's no, um, there's no, I don't know how to describe it. If they're, if they're not replying to you or, or, or they say no, it, it's, you know, just move on. There's, there's no hard feelings. Um, everyone has their own idea of what, you know, what, what is a good song. It's very subjective. It uh, either works or it doesn't. And just, just move on from there. But developing those relationships in just a easy way, simple, quick is the best way to do it. Perfect. Another mistake that I see artists make right now because they don't understand the way that it works is you should not be contacting them before your single is already released so that they have the ability to go listen to it on Spotify and add it to their playlist from Spotify. It's the Spotify curated playlist that you want to contact two weeks before you release the song. But any of these other playlists, you can reach out to them at any time. Uh, You don't have the same restrictions as trying to reach out to the editorial playlist. So Make sure that your music's already loaded. Make mm-hmm. sure that your website is optimized, that your socials look like you're an artist, that when they take a look and say, okay, if I'm going to give this real estate to this artist, because it's very, when I speak to the 
Spotify playlisters that I know, they say usually after I get a song that I like, I go look to see if this artist is in a position to take advantage of what I'm about to give them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So these folks are also doing their homework. It, it's a wasted spot. If they give you a place and people go and you don't have a website or you haven't been on Instagram in three weeks or you don't, you're not a true artist yet. You've not, you're not a new, an artist in this 21st century world that we live in of being a music artist. So mm -hmm. make sure that your song's already released. Make sure that your website looks bitching, that it looks <laughs> just like, because you have the ability now to have a very competitive looking website with any major label artist. The same goes with your socials. So make sure that you've got these things optimized before wasting that opportunity. Follow-up email, I think is very important. Hey man, I, I emailed you two weeks ago and I haven't heard back from you. It's probably not the best way to start this email. What is a good come back in, not sounding too needy, understanding that they were busy? Do you have any suggestions on that second email? Because the follow-up email is just as important as the first one, or Definitely. if not more important. Definitely. Yeah. In the follow-up email, I would just basically say, you know, I'm circling back on this email I sent, uh, you know, a week or two ago, just wanted to uh, update you and let you know that maybe, maybe like a, just a couple points of how the single's doing or, you know, what's going on. Don't make it again, very long or very flowery. Um, and, and just, you know, let them know, I, you know, I think this would be a great addition to your playlist and would love to hear if you have any feedback. So you have direct relationships with a lot of these playlisters. Do they take offense if I was to say, uh, just wanted to give a quick follow-up, catch you up to date on the single, life's been crazy busy I'm sure for all of us. Mm -hmm. I was just added to two more other playlists, so I'm super pumped and excited, but I would, you know, does it, is it wrong to bring up that you were just added to other playlists or does that bring some credibility to your single or is that like a no-no? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that's, it shows credibility. I, I think okay. that's showing that there's build and, and, um, you know, it, it's, if, if they, if they see that something is going on and that people are actually really digging the single, it's a good, a good sign, a good opportunity for them to potentially get it on their playlist as well. And, and, uh, and know that people are already liking it. Great. I also think too, is that once you get on a couple of these playlists and, uh, people start listening to your music, it might also recommend that other playlist down the road. So as much exposure that you, you got your song onto the playlist, is there a follow-up to say thank you? Is there a go give them a shout out on Instagram and say, so excited, wanted to say thank you to blank, blank, blank. What is the follow-up follow -up after you've been added to the playlist? Because now you're building a relationship with this person and everyone loves a good thank you. Definitely. Oh yeah. You want to, anytime you're added to a playlist, it's always a great idea to do a shout out to make sure you are tagging, you know, Spotify, Apple music, Deezer, YouTube, whoever it is, because they're watching as well. They're, they're looking at those mentions. They're looking at these tags. So make sure that you are highlighting and tagging the playlist, whoever added you as well as a streaming service to, to make sure everyone's in the know. Awesome. Sarah, this has been fantastic. Tell everyone how they can find out more about you. Uh, follow her on Instagram. Go take a look at some of the services that your company provides. Now, even though you're based in Canada, I think a lot of your strategies are universal, in my opinion, from what I've been able to read and stuff like that. So Definitely. tell everyone how they can connect with you. 
Yeah, so I'm at uh, ZYK Marketing. That's at ZYK Marketing on Instagram as well as on Facebook and uh, ZYKMarketing.com on the website. Spell that out, ZYK. ZYK Marketing, M-A-R-K-I-E-T-I-N-G. <laughs> so you're saying Z, so Z-Y-D. Z Yes, Z-Y-K. There we go. Her accent had it as Z, but it's Z as in zebra, Y as in yo, K as in knowledge marketing. There yes. we go. All right, my dear. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you again real soon. And uh, I appreciate you giving the uh, knowledge to the peeps. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. If you feel that having a manager is what is needed in your career, if you think that is what is missing, I invite you to head on over to managemymusiccareer.com. That's managemymusiccareer.com. Take the Am I Ready for a Manager assessment, and also you'll get invited to a free manager training where I talk about what it is that a manager does, when you should look for a manager, what to expect from your manager, and I'll even break the big myth of what everyone thinks is really happening inside the music business. Just head over to managemymusiccareer.com. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water, you drown by staying there.